Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Good morning. <laughs> Again, how's everybody doing? Well, we have made it to Revelation chapter 22, so you can turn your Bibles there. But we now are going to talk about something that is not talked about too often in church. And in fact, I would speculate that you've never heard this or read the deep truth that we are going to get in today. And it is pretty, actually pretty radically amazing. All right, I just need to uh, get back to the video, and there it is, and it's on, and that's not the one I wanted. Hold on. <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay, good, perfect. All righty, so uh, have you ever wondered how an all-loving, merciful God could send an innocent baby to hell? Have you ever wondered how an all-loving, all-merciful, all-gracious God could send a really good person who doesn't know Jesus Christ to hell? If you've ever asked those questions, I believe our text this morning is going to give us an answer. And I do know this, on Judgment Day, we will all say God's judgments are true and right. Amen? Okay, so now we are going to dig into uh, what some people would label as an heretical Pelagian teaching. But we're going to just look at the Bible. Is that fair? And whatever the Bible says, that's what God revealed, and that's what we're going to believe. Over half of Christian denominations around the world believe that innocent babies, even those still developing in their mother's womb, when, if they die, are going to burn in hell forever. Did you know that? over half of the Christian denominations. Okay, how could a loving God do that? Well, see, they never received Jesus Christ. They were born with Adam's sin, thus they must die and go to hell. That's their belief, and it comes from what? Calvinism, or heavy Reformed theology. Okay, Calvinism is a tulip. How many of you know what that is? Yeah, okay, we're going to cover that really quick. And it's influenced most of Christian theology for centuries. Calvinism has been a force in Christianity and, and almost every Christian church. Even Arminian churches are influenced heavily by Calvinistic theology and ideology. So quickly, a refutation of Calvinism. They believe in total depravity. That's why babies will burn in hell. At conception, we are totally depraved and evil and deserve to go to hell. They believe that. Okay, now, I know there's varying schools of thought within Calvinism. Some try to say, well, you know, uh, God will just choose all the innocent babies to go to heaven, even though they haven't received Christ. But their doctrine is simply that. You are born completely depraved, and you are unable to choose to do good. Total depravity. What does the Bible say? Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to what? A depraved mind to do the things which are not proper. Meaning they were not born that way. Are you with me? Okay. 
People are not born totally depraved, and we're going to go through the verses that establish that. Fact is, we were born innocent, and that's why Jesus says this, Matthew 19, 14. Let the children alone, and do not hinder them from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Okay, Deuteronomy says, children do not know good or bad. It's before the age of accountability, and God will not hold them accountable. And I'm going to give you a ton of verses to establish that. Not a ton, but a lot. Matthew 18, 2, Jesus called a child to himself and set him before them. And he said, truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like what? Children, infants, if they were born depraved and evil, why would Christ say, hey, you need to become like them? Because they were born innocent. In fact, sin is not imputed where there is no law or you do not have an understanding of the law. And I'll give you that, that verse in a minute. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The you and tulip is unconditional election. What this means is God chooses some to go to heaven randomly, arbitrarily, and the rest will burn in hell. So the idea would be this. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Russ and Angie, guess what? You get to go to heaven with me. Everyone else, I could save you, but sorry, you're going to burn in hell. That is unconditional election. What does the Bible say? First Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, or Cappadocia, if you want to be a okie-dokie person, uh, Asia, Bithynia, those who are chosen according to what? The foreknowledge of God. What does he foresee? This, this is a big study. Who will receive him? Who will obey the law that God has put? He foresees that, thus they are chosen, if that makes sense. All right. Okay, uh, the L is limited a ton. By the way, there's tons of other verses, and foreknowledge in the Greek is uh, prognosis, oh, what, what term is that, prognosis? Yeah, it's what a doctor does when he takes all the facts and he tries to prognose what the disease, the course of this thing is going to be. Oh, your finger will be healed in six weeks, they told me, if you keep this on. Okay, so that's a prognosis. Okay, foreknowledge. Okay, the L is limited atonement. Get this one. Jesus only died for the elect, not everybody in the world. His blood is insufficient for everyone in the world, only those that will go to heaven. Bible says, 1 John 2, 1, My little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an attorney, advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation or atonement or payment for our sins, and not ours only, but also those of the whole world. Jesus died for everyone's sins. Calvinism is fallacious and, in fact, most likely heretical, in my opinion, Okay, because it affects the character of God. That I and tulip is irresistible grace. If you are chosen, oh, by the way, there's no free will in Calvinism. You have no free will. You cannot choose to do good. You will only choose to do bad, according to Calvinism. You can't choose to please God. There's no free will. Irresistible grace. Uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. In fact, the whole Bible is about free will. The whole thing, from Genesis to Revelation, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Okay. 
All right, and the P is perseverance of the saints. If you're chosen, no matter what you do, you will go to heaven. Okay, I believe once you're born again, you become a child of God. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand. And uh, yeah, you may reject him, but what does Hebrews say? God disciplines those he loves. The discipline of the Lord will come, and believe me, you will come back to repentance. But if you practice sin, you're not going to make it, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, uh, adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So if someone has, hey, I'm a Christian, but practices any of those things that are against God, they're not going to make it. Uh, they're truly not born again because being born again is transformational. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Such were some of you, I love this, but you were washed in the blood of Christ. You were sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Amen? All right, so about 90% of Christian denominations believe God will send those who never hear the gospel to hell. Now, have you ever considered that? Have you ever pondered that? Some of the characteristics, the character traits of God is grace and mercy. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Does that make sense? Okay. If, if God is full of grace and forgiveness and mercy and love, how could he send a good person who never had the opportunity to hear the gospel to burn in hell forever? Does that sound just to you? Does that sound merciful, graceful? No. Okay, so we need to look at some scriptures and see what the Bible says. By the way, the other 10% believe everyone is going to heaven and that all religions are good. It's called universalism. Have you heard this? Have you heard of Rob Bell? He wrote the book, uh, Love Wins. He says everyone is going to go to heaven. No one will go to hell. Uh, everyone's just, you know, all religions are good, and that is false doctrine as well. Okay, so we do need to see what the Bible says. This LifeWay Research 2018 survey found that 64% of Americans say God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 64%. Okay, only 24% disagree and 12% aren't sure. 84% of those who hold to evangelical beliefs say hell is a place of eternal judgment where God sends all people who do not personally trust in Jesus Christ. Okay, this is most of Christians today. All right, that is what I always believed and I always was taught. That is orthodox Christianity. If you don't receive Jesus Christ, you will burn in hell. Okay, even if you never had the opportunity. Okay, I think it's fair that we really examine the God of the Bible and what he says about this. So God is just, gracious, and full of mercy. So how could a loving God send someone to burn in hell who's never even heard the gospel, never had the opportunity? Think of the most loving, kind, and benevolent non-Christian you know. I want you to picture that person. They're a good person. They're loving. They're giving. They're kind. But they're not a believer. Could, would you think it just 
for them to be eternally damned in hell. Okay, no, not at all. Uh, 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 not if you're honest. Okay, and then you would say, well, you know, hey, uh, if you're a Calvinist, it's okay because they were created for wrath. They are depraved. They are evil from their mother's womb. Okay, Bible never says that about kids or about us. All right, so a just, loving, and grace, merciful God couldn't do that. This idea comes from Calvinistic ideology, not Scripture, and so we need to examine what the Bible says. In our text this morning, we're going to be confronted with nations that are living on the new earth that are not part of the church. Now, this is a radical, profound truth in Scripture. Okay, who are those nations? Where did they come from? We've made it to the last chapter and the end of the Bible. Last week, we covered the first two verses, and there were seven truths. Remember what those truths were? We covered the first six. Let's just go over it really quick. Uh, Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Some profound truths in there, right? The first six we covered, God the Father and Jesus have their own thrones in heaven. The water of life flowing from the throne uh, represents the Holy Spirit. So we have all three members of the Trinity seen at the throne in the New Jerusalem. There's streets, meaning there's going to be places to go, things to see. Streets are to travel somewhere. Uh, you don't have streets if you don't have to travel. Uh, and by the way, we don't have clouds and harps. <laughs> but if you want to set on a cloud, you probably could uh, in, the, in the new earth. The tree of life is growing on both sides of the river. It bears 12 kinds of fruit, and only Christians can eat the fruit. There's time in eternity. Every month, the tree of life bears its fruit. And seven, what we're covering today, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Now, just right away, will we need healing in heaven? No, we're going to be changed, radically transformed, no more sickness, no more death. So who are these people, the nations living on the new earth, that somehow will need the leaves of the tree of life for healing? Hmm. We're going to discover who those, those people are today. Remember this, uh, the tree of life and the 12 fruit, only Christians get to eat the fruit. So all those nations that live on the new earth will not get to eat the fruit, but they will get to have the leaves for healing. So it says this, Revelation 2, 7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So we get to eat of it. There's one other verse, Revelation 22, 14, Blessed are those who wash their robes. How do you do that? Only through faith in Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ, we're washed and cleansed. They may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the gates of the city, the new Jerusalem, where actually we will live. Only Christians get to eat the, lead, or the uh, fruit. And we won't need healing. But apparently these nations will. We will live in the new Jerusalem. So the problem is this. Who are the nations that need the leaves of the tree of life for healing? Where did they come from? Why do they need the leaves? And we know they're not part of the church. So who are they? We're going to go through that. 
All right, Revelation 22, 2 talks about them again. In the middle of the street on either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Revelation chapter 21, verse 24, the nations will walk by its light, the light of the new Jerusalem, and the kings of the earth. Not only are there going to be nations on the new earth for eternity, but they're going to have kings over them. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring their glory and honor of the nations into the new Jerusalem to worship God. So the nations on the new earth. Uh, we know that nations in the Greek is ethnos. Of course, we get our term ethnicity from the Greek word ethnos, which is translated in the New Testament, nations. Uh, the nations will walk by its light. The kings of the earth, not part of the church, will bring their splendor into it, and the leaves of the tree will be for the healing of those nations. Four main points to be covered here. First, Scripture tells us the nations will walk by its light. What light? The new Jerusalem, our home. Only Christians live in the new Jerusalem. So they're not Christians, and they're outside of the new Jerusalem, living on the new earth, whoever these people are. Secondly, the word nations here refers to anyone not part of the bride of Christ, including Israel. Third, the kings of the earth will bring their splendor and glory to God in the new Jerusalem, our home, meaning there will be government in these nations of some form on the new earth for eternity. And fourth, they need the leaves of the tree of life for healing. Big picture of those who go to heaven and those who live on the new earth. Let's just look at a graphic here. Hey, there it is. All right, so that's when uh, Christ came. He died, rose again. Uh, next the big prophetic event is the first seal, the Antichrist comes on the scene. The next one is the abomination of desolation where the Antichrist goes into the rebuilt temple, proclaims himself God. Second coming of Christ, we come with them on horses, fight the battle of Armageddon, establish the millennial kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. At the end of the thousand years is the final judgment where everybody who is not a Christian will be judged by their deeds, by their works, not by faith. And then we have the new heaven, the new earth, and our eternal state. The seals are here. First seal, Antichrist. Second seal, war. Third seal, famine. Fourth seal, death by pestilence. Fifth seal, Christian martyrs. Then the abomination. Sixth seal, day of the Lord. Uh, great tribulation, rapture. Seventh seal, wrath and judgment as we're in heaven and then return. So all who died without ever receiving Jesus Christ will be raised at the second resurrection to the final judgment. Right now, they're in Sheol. They're waiting. They're not in hell. They're, not, they're in Sheol waiting for that final judgment. So that's everyone who died without knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They will stand before the white throne judgment of Christ, the glorious throne. All the Old Testament saints, Christ, remember, when he died, went down to the depths of the earth and released the captives. So all of those who had died as God-fears throughout the Old Testament, that was Jews, 
who feared God and obeyed his word, and Gentiles who simply feared God and obeyed the law that God placed in their heart. They, they went up with Christ as he ascended into heaven. Okay. Christians now, when we die, immediately our spirit goes to heaven, but our bodies are still in the ground. Thus, at the rapture of the church, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, their souls are already in heaven. They came back with Christ, but their bodies will be regenerated, immortal, and so their bodies will raise first, then we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And this mortal will put on immortality. Okay. But the nations who live on the earth don't get that immortality because they need the leaves of the tree of life for healing. I want you to consider how profound this is. How people just gloss over this, is, it amazes me. All right. So, any questions on that? So that white throne judgment, just to give this a little uh, more in-depth look, all who died who didn't know Jesus, remember, they will be raised, the second resurrection. The first resurrection is the rapture. The second resurrection is to final judgment. That's the sheep and the goats, where they'll be judged by their works, by their deeds, and some will be goats, they will burn in hell forever. And some will be sheep, and they will make up the nations on the new earth, but they are not Christians. Hmm. All right. The final white throne judgment, everyone who is not a Christian will be judged by their works and how they obeyed their conscience. John chapter 5, verse 27, let me give you some verses. And he gave them authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus. And speaking of God giving Jesus authority, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth, those who did good deeds to resurrection of life, those who committed evil deeds to resurrection of judgment. Is that Christians? No. We're never judged by what we do, by our works. We go to the Bema seat of Christ, that's a whole different judgment. That's our reward seat, and it says even if you screwed up, everything you did in life is going to be burned, and you're going to have wood, hay, and stubble, but you still go to heaven through faith in Jesus Christ alone. This judgment is not for Christians. That's for all those that have died without knowing Jesus Christ, and there will be those who did good deeds, and they will have resurrection of life to the new Jerusalem, uh, to the new earth. And there will be those who committed evil deeds, and they will face hell. All right. Okay. So it can't be Christians, and there are two groups. Conscience, Romans chapter 2, verse 14. For when Gentiles, by the way, same word, ethnos in the Greek, guess what? For when the nations that live on the new earth, the nations who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves. They never heard the gospel. They never heard the law. Note this. In that they show the works of the law written in their hearts and their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them on the day, according to my gospel, when God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. That is the final judgment, the white throne, glorious throne judgment. And Gentiles that never hear the law, never hear the gospel, but obey instinctively their conscience, the law that God put in their heart, they 
will be judged at that white throne judgment. And there will be sheep that make it to the new earth. They won't burn in hell, but they're not Christian. And there will be goats that burn in hell forever at that judgment. Okay. Now, some say uh, this judgment is at the second coming, Matthew 25, 32. All the nations, ethnos again, will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from uh, one another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Notice, not my kingdom. Christians inherit whose kingdom? God's kingdom. No, he says, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you. Remember on the new earth, there's nations and there's also what? Kings. There's going to be kingdoms on the new earth with kings, and these guys inherit that kingdom, but not my kingdom or my father's kingdom. Christians inherit God's kingdom. They inherit their kingdom on the new earth. Does that make sense? For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. All, all this is judgment by works. Good people who obeyed their conscience, that sincerely tried to do good, God will judge them by their works. Hey, if you're a good person, you're going to make it to the new earth. If you're an evil person, you are going to burn in hell. And we will say your judgments are true and right. Okay. Whew. It has to be at the white throne of glorious throne judgment because at the end of the thousand year reign, we see this. At Revelation 20.10, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they would be tormented day and night forever and ever. The beast and the false prophet are the first people to be thrown into hell. And they are thrown into hell at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember the battle of Armageddon? He fights the battle, and then he takes the beast. They don't even get to go to the white throne judgment. They are the first ones. He judges them right there and throws them into the lake of fire. At the end of the millennial reign, where we reign with Christ on this earth, Satan is released from the bottomless pit. We fight another war with Satan and his followers. And then Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. But no one else is there yet. So that judgment in Matthew 25, contextually, it says, hey, some are going to be uh, declared righteous and some are going to be uh, thrown into the lake of fire. has to be the white throne judgment because no one else is in the lake of fire until the white throne judgment. Okay. Whew. All right. All right. Revelation 20.11, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose presence the earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great, the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by the things which were written in the books according to their deeds, not faith. Okay. Goes on to say, verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds, not Christians. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So that is a pretty important verse. How do you get your name written in the book of life? 
I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, Romans 2.5 says, But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his what? Deeds. That's not talking about Christians. To those who by perseverance and doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, for the Jew first and also the Greek, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does what? Has faith in Jesus Christ? Doesn't say that. To everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also the Greek, or the ethnos, the nations even. For there is no partiality with God. He does not play favoritism. He doesn't pick some to go to heaven and, hey, sorry, the rest of you will burn in hell forever. <clears throat> All right. For those who never hear the gospel, again, Matthew 5.13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but note this, sin is not imputed where there is no law. That's a radically profound verse. So for a mentally challenged person who doesn't know right from wrong, who was born with this unfortunate uh, condition, they never reach that age of accountability. They don't know the law. They don't know good from bad. Even innocent babies and, and young children, before they reach the age of accountability, they don't know the law, and sin is not imputed where there is no law. Well, don't we inherit Adam's sin? I would challenge you to find one verse that says that. There's not one. We're going to go over some. I missed a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ezekiel 18.20, For the person who sins will die. Note this. The son will not bear the punishment of the father's iniquity. The word fathers in the Hebrew there means forefathers all the way back to Adam. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. We're not imputed with Adam's sin. We're not born sinful, evil, wretched, depraved kids that deserve hell. We're not born that way. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. The son will not bear the punishment of the forefathers, and that includes Adam, iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteous of the righteous the righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Romans 2.14 again, remember, for when Gentiles, nations, who do not uh, have the law, do instinctively the things of the law, <clears throat> they show the law written on their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and they'll be judged according to that. Okay. So, again, we have... <laughs> so we have that final judgment. That's everyone. They're going to be judged by their deeds. And we went over at least three passages where there's going to be good people that make it to the new earth, but they're not Christians, and bad people that burn in hell forever. Okay, we know that is going to occur at this final judgment. And by the way, I wouldn't try swimming in the lake of fire. Just uh, <laughs> that would be a hot so the book of life. How do we get our names written in the book of life? Note this, Revelation 20, 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, 
he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is critical. If your name's not in the book of life, no matter what you did, you will burn forever. Hmm. So when are our names written in the book of life? It appears the moment you are conceived, your name is written in the book of life, and it won't be blotted out till later if you become an evil, horrible person. Okay, what's some proof? Psalm 69, 27. David wrote this, speaking of pagan nations that were all around him. Okay, these people weren't Jews. They didn't even believe in the Yahweh God of the Bible. And note what David wrote. Add iniquity to their iniquity, and may they not come into your righteousness. May they be blotted out of the book of life. Why would David say, hey, these are pagan people that don't even believe in you, but he knew their name was already written in the book of life? Are you with me? Okay. Clearly, they were written in the book of life, even though they were pagans, and David wanted them blotted out, meaning all are written in the book of life from conception. Here's another proof text. Uh, Revelation 3, 5. Speaking to the church, he who overcomes will be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name or blot out his name from the book of life. Okay, so it's possible to get your name blotted out. Okay. Everyone's name written in the book of life, uh, Exodus 32, 31. When, then when Moses returned to the Lord, he said, Alas, this people have committed a great sin. Remember when they made that gold calf and they were all partying and dancing around the gold calf and Moses came down and broke the Ten Commandments? Why did he break it? I mean, can you imagine? God wrote that. It's like, oh, man. Alas, this people have committed a great sin and they have made a God of gold for themselves. But now, if you will, forgive their sin. If not, note this, please blot me out of your book, which you have written, speaking of the book of life. And here's what God responded. The Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Meaning, at conception, your name is written in the book of life. It could be even your DNA code. It's unique. Hey, how, how does the... Uh, uh, the dead in Christ rise first. Their bodies are decomposed in the dust. Well, do you think the book of life maybe has their DNA code and God just makes them, their body new somehow? Well, who knows? But uh, See, whoever sins against me, him I will blot out of my book, meaning their name is already written in the book at conception. Are you with me? Okay. That's why babies will go to heaven. That's why infants who die in the womb will go to heaven. The operating word there is sinned against God. If you sinned against, and that's go on practicing sin to the point that your heart is so calloused and hard, you're never going to come to repentance again. And that's in Romans where we read, man, they were so callous and hard that God just gave them over to a depraved mind. And you look around the world today, and you've got to wonder, man, even society is, ha is having a depraved mind. You know, just watch TV uh, and commercials for a while. Not all TV shows, but some. There are those who will be judged by their works and make it to the new earth, and they are just not part of the church living in the new Jerusalem, and their name is written in the book of life from conception. Ecclesiastes 7.29, Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright. Hey, when he knit you together in your mother's womb, you came out upright, but they have sought many devices. All right. So, 
when someone is born, they are born with God's law written on their hearts. Their name is written in the book of life, and they will be judged by their works, not faith. The good news, the gospel, is all about receiving the free gift of grace through Christ, and now you're not going to be judged by your works. Christ paid for your sin already on the cross. That's why the gospel is good news. That's why we need to share the gospel with as many people as we can, because I'm afraid there's a lot of evil people in this world, and they need the gospel. In fact, we all need a Savior. Okay. Um, only Christians are justified, declared righteous, and saved. Only Christians will go to heaven. At the rapture, we all go to heaven. But then we come back with Christ, reign on the new earth, and then we go to the new earth and the new Jerusalem. So people at the final judgment that are the sheep that are good, that make it to the new earth, they never went to heaven. They were never declared righteous. They were never saved. Because uh, we're saved from sin, we're saved from all of that. They were never justified, because you're only justified through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, thought, question. Uh, babies that die, um, we believe that their spirit, well, well, we don't know. So they might be on the new earth, or God might just take them right to heaven because it's before the age of accountability. Uh, we're not. We're not really sure. The, the Bible, but we do know this. Uh, David, when his son, remember, was dying, and David was mourning and, and and fasting, and and then his son died, and then he got up and took a shower and anointed his head, and everyone's like, "What's wrong with you? When your baby was here, you were mourning and crying, but when he died, you rejoiced." And he goes, "Hey." I thought perhaps God would heal him and he would stay with me. But now that he's gone, I know I'm going to see him again. Does that make sense? Okay, but that was old covenant. He, David, they went to Sheol, the holding place, Abraham's bosom. And so David was going to see his son there again. And then when Christ came, he released the captives. So we don't know uh, if they'll be on the new earth or be considered Christian. Could be the, just on the new earth. That, that's a good observation, Mike. Yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, like 10 generations. Okay, yeah, that, that was that one verse, but when I, in Ezekiel, what I read, the son will not be held accountable for the father's sin. So that, that was for a, a brief period of time when God was judging the nation of Israel, and he goes, man, I'm going to hold your sons accountable for three generations. You know, I forget how many generations. Part, part of that, and it was part of God's judgment on that, generation because because his heart and and what's just is hey the son isn't going to be held accountable for the father's sins yeah yeah well because uh, at the final judgment some will go to the uh, new earth but some will go to hell and their name will be blotted out of the book of life Yes. Yep. Yeah. OK. 
Okay, so only the saved are justified, Galatians 2.16. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot be a Christian without faith in Jesus Christ. You can't be declared justified just as if you never sinned without faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, see, justified means this. When God the Father sees us, he sees us 100% pure. Does that make sense? Justified means you are clean. There is no sin. I, it's like you never sinned. It's cast into the sea of forgetfulness. But those people, some that make it onto the new earth, the nations, they're never justified. I mean, God sees the bad that they did and the good, but if their heart is good at that judgment, or the white throne judgment, some will make it to the uh, new heaven and the new earth. Mike? Exactly, because sin is not imputed where there is no law. That, that is articulated perfectly. We're, uh, we're born innocent. That's why Jesus said, hey, bring the little children, the infants to me, because they're innocent. They're, you know, they don't know right from wrong in, in Deuteronomy, uh, and there's no sin imputed where there is no law where you don't know the law. But once you reach that age, and I don't know about you, I can remember the first time when I willfully, consciously sinned. You know, I remember that. And I felt so guilty, you know. <laughs> Uh, about it, but I, I remember that, and that's, I think, when I reached the age of accountability. So, um, people that make it to the new earth at the final judgment are not saved. We are saved from this worldly system, the God of this world, and the punishment for sin, which is death and all this bad stuff. Um, that's salvation. They, they, they never experienced that. They never go to heaven. They're not part of the church, but they don't deserve eternal hell fire. So they will make up nations on the new earth. So what about this verse, Romans 3.10? Just as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks God. How does that apply? In context, David is quote, or, uh, uh, Paul is quoting Psalm 14, and it's, for those who reject God, there's none righteous. Does that make sense? So all of this, there's one caveat, and the Bible doesn't specifically say it, but it implies it. If someone hears the law of God and willfully rejects it, they are going to harden their heart. They will sin against God and be um, probably turned over to a depraved or reprobate mind, and they probably will burn in hell. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, no, the unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's another whole sermon. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.19, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God will not count some of their trespasses if they're good people that obey the law that God has placed in their heart, even though they never heard the law or the gospel. All right, James, uh, yeah, you know that. All right. So God's character according to Calvinism. God enacts laws that mankind is unable to obey. 
God eternally judges mankind for not obe obeying these laws. Does that sound like a loving, just God? <laughs> God could save everyone, but shows partiality to a select few, and the rest will suffer in hell forever. Okay, so Deuteronomy 10, 17, For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who does not show partiality or take a bribe. And that's in regards to judgment. Ezekiel 33, 20, Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not right. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. Okay, deeds. Romans 2, 6, Who will render to each person according to his deeds. Again, those aren't to Christian. That's the good news of the gospel. We get that free ticket in. <laughs> no matter what deeds we've done, Christ paid for it. All men, Romans 5.18. So then as to one transgression that resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification to all men. Does that really mean all men? No, it doesn't. Who's, who's justified? Only Christians. Yeah, only Christians. Only those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are justified. But here it says all men. So who's condemned? It can't be all men, but it's those that do what? Practice sin. Who disobey the law that God has placed in their heart. Obviously, all men aren't saved. They must have faith in Jesus. Thus, all men are not condemned. They must practice sin and harden their heart against God to the point that their conscience is seared and they're turned over to a reprobate mind and they will they are the goats does that make sense okay. all right for those who don't know Jesus again uh, yeah, I already read that all right Acts 10 34 clears it up for us Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. Note this. But in every nation, the one who has faith in Jesus Christ will be saved. No. Well, why didn't Peter say that? The man who fears God and does what is right is welcome to him on the new earth. That's in every nation. They're not Christians. They're not Save. They're not justified. They're not righteous. They will not live in the new Jerusalem, and they do not inherit the kingdom of God. But they will make it to the new earth and be, form some of the nations of people that make it. Everyone who fears God and does what is right. It's interesting, um, in speaking with many, many missionaries, uh, that have gone to people groups, some that haven't even heard the gospel of Jesus Christ yet. And almost everywhere they go, there, there are many God-fearing people groups out there. They don't know the God they fear, but they fear the creator of God. That, and, and they have that, and even some of their laws line up fully with the Ten Commandments of Scripture. See, God's law is put in their heart. They fear God, they do what is right, they're welcome to him. They'll make it to the new Jerusalem, or the new, new earth, not the new Jerusalem. Only the Christians live there. All right. Any more questions? So here's the timeline again of when people go up, the final judgment. 
All who died without receiving Christ at the final judgment will be judged by their works, but not Christians. We go up in the rapture simply through faith in Jesus Christ. Being the seed is right after the rapture. Yeah. No. I could put it up there, though. Uh, and that's the reward seat. Yeah. So uh, on the new earth, we'll have three sets of people. The nations, Israel, who throughout the Old Testament, God says, hey, I'm giving you the promised land forever. It's, it's perpetually. So all the Jews will live in the, the Israel on the new earth. We will live in the new Jerusalem. They will possess that promised land forever, but there will be nations that live on the new earth that aren't part of the church. Questions or thoughts? Scott? Yes. So uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me or by me. So uh, we are the only ones that will go to the Father in the rapture. We literally go to heaven uh, and see, see the Father only through Christ. We will live in the new Jerusalem and the Father there. The nations will bring their glory to the new Jerusalem, but I'm, I'm not sure they have access to the Father, to the city. Does that make sense? No, they're going to worship him. They're going to bring their, their glory and honor there is literally the idea in the uh, Greek is to worship, to bring worshipful stuff to God because that will be the throne of God, the whole new Jerusalem, and we will live in that 1,500-mile-long, wide, and high throne. And the gates will always be open. We can go in and out. They will bring their glory into it, their praise into it, to God and Christ, to, to the Godhead. Yeah. Good point. All right. So just from Scripture, this is the way I, I right now see it coming together. Now, if I need to be corrected, if you want to bring me scripture, I will be corrected. But um, all I know is my whole life, I thought, I can't be more benevolent and forgiving than God. And I know my friends at school that don't know Jesus, and I've tried to evangelize to everybody, and some are really good, good people. And it's like, how, could, how are they going to burn in hell? I believe they will be judged by how they obeyed their conscience, God's law put in their heart, and some will make it to the new earth, even though they're not Christian. Okay. That, that, now, see, that one verse implies that if they hear the law and reject it, they're in, they're, that, they're in trouble. Potentially. Now, now the other thing is, it, it never says at the white throne judgment, you rejected Christ, so you're going to burn in hell. It says, hey, there's good people that did good deeds. They're going to make it to the 
new earth. And it could be that's where every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow. The whole world, everyone who's ever lived. It, so we don't really know because it does not say anywhere that that final judgment is based on faith in Jesus Christ. It's not. It's based, were you good and obey the law that God put in your heart, or were you bad and disobeyed it and hardened your heart against God? So with that, I would say, no, final judgment never says faith in Christ is a criterion to make it to the new earth, or that you rejected him. In heaven, because we'll go to heaven. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it doesn't say in Scripture, so if I just, as a biblicist, just say, what does the Bible say? I would say, Christ at this doesn't matter. It matters how they obeyed the law that God put in their heart at the final judgment. So if they, they obeyed it and they were good people, apparently the Bible says they'll, they'll be nations on the new earth. Mm. Even if they rejected Christ. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and I think we can. And I, I, all I know is this. I am not more benevolent and merciful and graceful than God is. I know that. He is love. He is full of mercy and full of grace. And if my judgment would be more merciful than God, something's wrong. Well, according to the Bible, he is going to be a merciful God. And those good people that really obeyed the conscience that he put in their heart, and had a good heart, will make it to the new earth, even though they're not Christian. Scott? Yes. So that's talking to Christians that are facing persecution. He was preparing them for that. And it's like, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you. But if you're ashamed of me before men, oh, I'll deny you before my father. I, I don't know. Good question. So, so just dealing with the final judgment and every verse that, that talks about the final judgment, it's all based on they did good, they did bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, it's a fearful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God will decide. <laughs> I, I would think, I would think, I... I Personally, I, I would think you would have to be a reprobate. You, you would have to so harden your heart against God and calloused it that you became uh, 
psychopathic. What sociopathic? Is that the term I was looking for? Yeah, I mean, really evil. And uh, yeah. So the gospel is the good news. Praise God, He made a way for sinners like us to be saved. We will not have to stand before that judgment or that white throne judgment and have all our deeds and all our works laid bare to everyone watching. <laughs> you know. Um, Thank the Lord, Christ made the payment for our sins. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. So we serve a loving, gracious, and merciful God. In fact, 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing, or if you have King James, willing, for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Because that's the key. You see, how many of you were born, or, yeah, born again and saved older in life? Any? Okay. Uh, Pat, did you still have a conscience, even though you, didn't, you weren't a Christian? It's like if you did something wrong, you still felt guilty. Okay. See, that's the law of God put in your heart. And because of that, if you really obeyed that law, even if you weren't a Christian, you would have stood at the white throne judgment and it would have said, hey, you know what? You really tried to obey my law that I put in your heart. You're a good person. Man, hey, make it to the, the, the new earth. Uh, does that make sense, kind of how that's going to go? Okay. And it's God's will for all to come to repentance because then Christ made atonement and we get to live in God's house, the new Jerusalem. That's going to be awesome, incredible, amazing. So our eternal state, new heavens, new earth, and three groups of people. Christians living in God's house, the new Jerusalem, with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jews living in the land of Israel, the land that God promised them forever. Eternally, I'm giving you the promised land. Well, that's going to be on the new earth. That's the promised land for the nation of Israel. And then nations... Living on the new earth that aren't burning in hell. The radical weird thing, I've never read this and I've never heard this. And I've been a Christian since 1968. It just blows my mind. It seems clear to me in scripture. Um, and yet everyone glosses over it. So, we're not singing that because Carrie is not here with us. We're still praying for grace. In fact, why don't we just lift up grace as a church body right now? Father God, we just lift up grace. Lord, I pray that you would heal her sickness and dizziness and just give Carrie wisdom as he cares for his wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Sand restores my soul, satisfies my need. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love you. I love